Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Well, no no Pete and Dave today, but we got (laughs) Steve and Pete today. So we'll start it off right at the top here. Uh, Let's start with you, Dave, though, Pete. Uh, we have not gotten to the Wolves yet, so let's get into it. The Wolves have been off to a torrid, torrential start with that suffocating defense behind uh, Rudy Gobert's big presence in the middle. And the offense, it's been passable. Maybe it hasn't been everything that you would hope at times, but it's been more than good enough to get them off to a 6-2 and two start. As the crowds pour back into the target center, expectations, right or wrong, do continue to rise for this team, even this early in the season. My question, Pete, what does a successful season for the Wolves look like at this point? Now they're off I to think, six and two. They've beaten Denver. They've beaten Boston. They've shown that they can play with the big boys at times. What does that look like for you? Well, and and I think that was really important, Charlie. The fact that they they can compete with the big boys. They can beat Denver, and they actually can. And, and I think a successful season would be to go deep into the playoffs, not just get into the first or second round, but go deep. And, and at least be competitive. Uh, I don't think we were very competitive last year against Denver. Uh, the defense is certainly something that I think they should be very proud of. Rudy Gobert is finally, it feels like they're finally gelling. And I, I think it's, in fairness, it takes a little while for everybody to get together. But you've got Cat, he's still shooting, he's scoring. You've got Ant, I think Ant's still one of the most electric players in the entire NBA. Nas Reed's one of my favorites. He's a grinder, and I think the fans absolutely love him. Uh, And then you look at Conley and McDaniels. When you look at their roster, they look like a team that could make a run. And and based upon what we're seeing early, if this can continue and we can stay away from injuries, I think we could successfully get deep into the playoffs. I don't know that we get to the championship round, but I think that uh, I think we can go pretty deep. I I completely agree, Pete. I think the X factor is Mike Conley and all of this. I've got to jump in. Brilliant move to bring in Conley, his experience, the way he works with Gobert, the way he distributes. It, he He's an older player. He's in his mid-30s right now, 36, I believe. But he is a perfect fit for this team and what they need in a leadership spot to, to make sure Gobert gets his touches and Ant gets the ball and Cat gets the ball. And they have spent the money to go deep in the playoffs. Uh, Glenn Taylor and his new partners, Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie, they are spending the money. There is no doubt. There is a huge commitment money-wise to this group. And I think, you know, you got to get beyond the first round. And injuries and so on and so forth and the way the ball bounces. But, yeah, there's no doubt. Deep playoff run for sure is is the minimum expectation for the money being spent. And And they're doing so well at home. Uh, You know, it's it's just been impressive, and they've won five in a row now. It's, uh, you know, and taking down the Spurs with that great player that they've got that nobody can quite figure out exactly what his real position is despite his height. I mean, the guy can shoot from anywhere, and he's got that wingspan. So the fact that we took that that team down, you took the Celtics down, you take the Nuggets down, that's that's pretty impressive, guys. Yep, that Wembenyama kid is... 
He's a freak. I mean, you look at his arms. Man, oh, man, that's uh, he's going to be fun to watch for many years yeah. with the Spurs down in San Antonio. Steve, we'll go over to you here on the other end of the spectrum. The Wild struggle to continue the season uh, continues uh, with their defensive struggles really at the forefront. Jared Spurgeon is now back, so you're hoping maybe it's not, you know, it doesn't always turn around overnight, but, you know, maybe that steadying presence of Jared Spurgeon may be able to bring that defense back. But the offense and goaltending have not exactly been great to all season either, particularly uh, Kirill Kaprizov has not really been the Kaprizov that we've seen in seasons past. Slow start, yes, maybe, we'll see. It's going to take some time. Right now, though, this just looks like a not very good hockey team in uh, the league today. What are your expectations for the Wild the rest of the season? It all comes down to one thing, goaltending. I've heard this line before. The reason they they call it the Stanley Cup playoffs is because goalie doesn't sound as good. <laughs> They've got to get better goaltending to start with. Granted, Jared Spurgeon out of the lineup hurts the goaltending because it, it's so incumbent on the blue line, the defense to help out the goaltender. But but getting more out of Philip Gustafson, and let's face it, Father Time is undefeated. How much more are you going to be able to get out of Mark andre Fleury? Uh, that, that is a gigantic question. But Gustafson uh, has got to be better. The blue line's got to be better in front of him. And I think Kirill Kaprizov will come around. They've had a tough schedule. They've had a lot of games out east. They haven't done a lot out east. I think the schedule settles down a little bit. They'll get some of those east coast trips out of their system. I think they'll be okay. I still think they can get to the playoffs. Let's face it, uh, 16 teams get into the tournament, uh, but but it's incumbent on getting much better play out of the blue line and the goaltenders. Yep, and it's worth noting they started slow last year too. This is not exactly a new thing for this team. They did end up turning it around a little bit towards the second half. Pete, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, you're exactly right. And I think uh, when I look at Gustafson, he's not playing at the level that we, last year he was absolutely incredible. We talked about him every single week, it seemed like, because he was doing so well and then obviously having Flurry there. But it's not just on the goaltender, as you, you, you guys are both pointing out. But I think the reality is, that is where it needs to step up on the defensive side. Only one team has given up more goals this year, and that's San Jose. So it says something about where we are. We've got to outscore them, but if we can just improve slightly even on the, from the goaltending standpoint, I think we've got a shot to get back into it. But if we, if we pause too long, I think we're going to be in too deep of a hole. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yep. All right. Let's move on here. Back to you, Pete. We're going back to the court. You're getting all the basketball questions today. Pete, I know how big of a basketball fan you are. But we are going to go for basketball, who are 2-0 and on this young season. And uh, they've been putting on an offensive performance, putting up over 100 in their last game. Now, of course, it's against bad to very bad teams. Uh, what was it? UTSA, I think, was their last opponent. They scored over 100, and then the first game was Bethune-Cookman. So, you know, the big names. Uh, yeah. 
And this was, of course, though, uh, they, they still put up that 100 without Pharrell Payne, uh, their star center. So interesting uh, offense going on. Freshman Cam Christie had a great coming out party in that second game, uh, shooting the ball lights out. He came out, I think, with three straight threes. Uh, it's kind of showing a little glimmer of hope at the barn, is it not, Pete? What are your odds on two things, all right? Because okay. I've asked this before, and I want to know if it's changed at all. What are the odds that the Gophers are the worst team in the Big Ten this year? And what are the odds that Ben Johnson is able to survive the season? Well, if, if we are anywhere close to the worst, I think it's going to be very difficult for Ben Johnson to hold on to his job. You know, and, and part of it, as you know, and we all know, is you've got to get fans in the stands. And obviously we've seen over the years that, that, that hockey has come back really, really well. We have not really seen that with basketball. And I, I come from the era, Charlie, I'm a lot older than you, but there was, there was not an empty seat in the barn when I was going to college there, when I was getting recruited there, and even after uh, years of being there. And it was just a very competitive go for a basketball team every single year. And we haven't been competitive for a while now. So um, I'm excited. Obviously, you want to win the games. You want to win every game. But I don't want to get overly excited. And I'll give you a little hint of what I mean by that. It's kind of like what we saw last week where everybody watching the Vikings game absolutely felt like, wow, we, we've got a quarterback finally. Well, maybe, but we've got to look at, at Joshua Dobbs and, and really see exactly what he has. And I think the same thing is true with the, with the gopher basketball. This is, this is very early. Are we, are we as good as we think we are? Are we going to judge that uh, too fast? And I think it's exciting that we win a couple of games early, but the fact that uh, it's really early. They're not the teams. They are not Big Ten teams. I don't think we want to hang our hat too much on what they've done so far. Yeah, and, and Pete, I'll follow up on that. I, I think Ben Johnson put in a really tough spot here in, in the era of name, image, and likeness. It is so difficult to build something from scratch. And there is talent here in the state of Minnesota. But when you get the top-end talent and Duke's calling or – other big-time programs around the country. And it's not a secret anymore. This is a hotbed of of boys and girls basketball talent. And then you throw in that name, image, likeness, money into the mix. And if the program is struggling and people aren't showing up at the barn, it, it becomes a hard sell to keep talent or bring talent in. It is all about recruiting and getting kids, once they're in the door, to stay and that's a challenge for ben johnson especially when you're struggling yeah absolutely and And charlie charlie we've talked about this a lot but the nil thing is huge and steve that's great that you point that out because we just don't have the same kind of money that other schools have and 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 i've always said they need to cap it they need to figure out something to make sure that it's the big don't get bigger and everybody else is left behind. And I somehow they've got to figure this thing out because as mm-hmm. it's played out right now, there are schools that have great alumni support and, and, and we just don't have that financial support. So I, I don't like it. I don't like the whole way that NIL has been, has transformed. And it's, it certainly hurts teams like Minnesota. Well, and I, I want to follow up, Pete. It's it's a great idea. You, you've got a hard cap in the NFL. You've got a hard cap in the NBA. Uh, what luxury tax provisions, etc. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the NHL, Major League Baseball, uh, trying to rein it in. But you you look at those. The NFL is a hard cap league, and and I think they've got to find a way to do something like that in college sports as well. 
Yeah, important uh, to note that these were the biggest victories in Ben Johnson's young career uh, thus far, his biggest uh, blowout victories. Also interesting to see what uh, Richard Pitino is doing down at New Mexico, getting a lot of early season Final Four buzz with the team he has put together there. Uh, We're going to go back to who are we on? I think we're on Steve here for the final question. We'll go quick. He is officially now the $76 million unemployed man, Jimbo Fisher, fired from Texas A&M, the Texas A&M head coaching job. His contract is fully guaranteed, so that is $76 million that he is getting paid regardless. That buyout is almost certainly why he's been around for as long as he has at A&M, in that he's not been producing very good results for a school that expects dominance in the sport of college football. It will go down as one of the worst head coaching hires and contracts for a head coach in history, without a doubt. My question to you, Steve, what is the creme de la creme of horrible head coaching hirings? Who is the absolute worst head coach hire that you could possibly remember? Any sport? Well, I, I, beyond Tim Brewster, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll stop at Tim. <laughs> that was a layup. I gave you a layup. Yeah, you gave me a cookie there, man. Pete, you got to do one that's not Brewster. Find one in, Gosh, one in your heart. And, you, you know, I, I know how difficult – this is a really difficult question, and, and, I, and I don't know that I have a great answer for you, but I can tell you this. I know that when they did hire Jimbo – I thought that was, at the time, an awful move. He had one great year at Florida State, but it was left to him by Bobby Bowden. And he got so much credit, which I don't think was deserved, that I would still stick with that. Uh, you know, I, I, I just can't imagine uh, how they decided to give him the kind of money they gave him. He had no success. He had minimal. I shouldn't say no, but, you know, nine wins at Texas A&M when you're paying the guy $9 million a year, I would say that's not a win. And, that, and that's – they have the alumni. They have that kind of money. They have great NIL money. So he's got all of these players. Think about how many guys that he grabbed that were considered five-star recruits out, out recruiting Alabama. But it still comes down to coaching and putting them in the right spot, and that team couldn't do it. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Huge money for Jimbo as he's shown the door by A&M. Quick break. Huddle continues. Pete Nigerian, Charlie Weiss, Steven for Dave today here on News Talk. 830 WCCO.